0: Welcome to the Living Your Dash podcast with Pastor Rick Hale, Senior Pastor of Grace Community Church in Russell New Mexico. I'm your co-host, Sean Lee. We count it as an honor for you to join us today. It's our purpose here at Living Your Dash to help you better connect the dots of discipleship so that you can find and fulfill God's purpose for your life. Now, have you ever had the thought, you know, I really don't need to go to church or be any more spiritual if I go to church? I mean, sure you have. Most people from time to time forget or at best have a poor or misinformed view about the church. Rick Warren said it best when he said, The church is indestructible and will last for eternity. It will outlive this universe and so will your role in it. The person who says, I don't need the church, is either arrogant or ignorant. The church is so significant that Jesus died on the cross for it. And so in this week's episode rick and sean go a little bit deeper after rick's message on the 21st of june and find important nuggets of truth about god's church now you can watch this message anytime as well as get the latest information about grace community church by going to our webpage at russellgrace.com now let's join rick and sean with this week's podcast all right well rick Welcome back to the Living Your Dash podcast. And so, hey Rick, your whole goal for this this new series, Rock Solid, is to help Grace members to clearly see the difference between an unbiblical, and and by that you meant a a, a atheistic, secular, humanistic worldview, uh, contrasted to that of a biblical worldview. Can you remind us, as Christians, why is that important? Yeah, thanks, Sean. Uh
1: To me, I I just see it's a fork in the road and there's a fork in the road and one way goes atheistic secular humanism, the other way goes biblical and my concern is that people don't look far enough down the road. Mm. They don't see oh, it's no big deal if I kind of lean this way and get involved in a little bit of humanism and, and they don't realize that the implications down the road are huge. I always think just, you know, think about here in Roswell. If you head out north, you know, there's, a, there's a, a little Y. There's a fork in the road, and it's just a few feet away. <laughs> and you say, well, it's no big deal. Here's the problem. If you go left, you end up in Albuquerque, and if you go right, you're going to end up in Amarillo. Yeah. <laughs> now, how far is Albuquerque from Amarillo? A long ways. Yeah. So my challenge is I'm wanting people... Think through the implications of the secular human view, and if you decide to go down that road, make sure you look far enough down the road to see
0: where it leads. And it leads to disaster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I don't think anybody ever wakes up and, 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 and talks to themselves and says, you know what? I better be careful about my worldview today. I don't think anybody talks like that, right? Yeah. So uh, it is a it is one of those things where every once in a while we have to pull the, the layer back or pull the curtain back and say, wait a minute, why am I thinking this particular way? Like for instance, this past week you started talking about that 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 we can do real harm if we are operate if we're not operating on a biblical worldview and instead we're operating in this atheistic uh, secular humanistic worldview in regard to the church so what what are the the um i don't know what what separates when it comes down to the church what really separates this is what this is why the church really counteracts the effects of uh, of an atheistic, secular, humanistic worldview.
1: Yeah, the humanistic worldview would just say, really the church is irrelevant, it's not necessary, in fact, it's probably harmful, you really don't need it. And the biblical worldview says, listen, the church is essential. Uh, The church is the hope of the world. Everybody needs that. Now think about this. The humanistic really focuses on self. Mm -hmm. It's all about me and my happiness and my joy. So you go down that road and you say, I really I really don't need anybody to run my life. I make my choices, I make my call, I do what I want to do. Yeah. Now, so you keep going down that road. Let me tell you where it leads. It leads to, leads to loneliness and isolation. <laughs> and guess what is epidemic? Epidemic in our culture right now is loneliness and a disconnect with people and we've all been reading in the newspaper how during the pandemic, guess what is up? Suicide. Mm-hmm. Well, why is suicide up? Well, think about it. People have been locked down, locked away from people, isolation, and we all understand the reasons behind it. But look at the implication. Yeah. As people get isolated, they are not wired to be isolated and the result is loneliness and you push loneliness far enough and it ends in suicide whereas the biblical worldview says don't do life alone we're better together Uh, you need to be connected with other people the biblical word is fellowship yeah everybody needs fellowship Mm. john the most the, the, the most repeated phrase i have heard over and over again as we have started to open up grace uh, on Sunday mornings and different activities, I've heard it over and over again. People have said, I had no idea how much I was taking for granted fellowship. Mm. I have missed being with people, and it was starting to affect me as a person. It, it, it started affecting me, my joy, my happiness, and I've been more depressed. and Isn't that interesting? Mm. So here at the fork in the road, one says, Hey, do your own thing. Be your own person. The other says you need people, you need connection, you need the church. Look down the road far enough, and you will see the uh, the, the end result of which way. If you go left or right at the fork in the road, there are there are implications
0: no matter where you go. Well, you know, I, I just as you were just talking, I I just saw this picture of wow. If the, if the world had really embraced the church as it should have, um, then even during this pandemic, they would have been a lot better off. Oh. They would have had people checking on them. They would have had people calling on them and uh, people uh, interested in their life more than, than what uh, is, is like a reciprocity. A lot of us, uh, uh, this is the thing that, that we fight with in our flesh is that I'm not going to have a friendship with Raquel because of what he gives to me. I'm going to have a friendship with Rick because I love him as an individual, and I'm going to find out how I can bless him. And when you have the same thoughts towards me, mm-hmm. um, it's not selfish in its intention. Uh, it's it's that, that beautiful, loving reciprocity. Yeah,
1: uh, Jesus said it's more blessed to give than receive. Think yeah. about that. Well, that sounds counterintuitive. That, no, no, it's, it's more blessed if I get. Yeah. No, and if you put into practice... That simple teachings of Jesus is more blessed to give. When you give, you feel blessed because you see the needs of another human being met, and then you're right. The reciprocity happens as well, yeah. and that's what the church is all about. more and more, I just think that what the what the church is doing in our culture today, we are offering an alternative way to live. Yeah, the culture caught up in secular humanism is going down that road. And I'm telling you, it is a bumpy, rocky road. And people go down there long enough and far enough, they're going to wake up and say, I wonder if if this is all there is to life.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: sh- is this all there is? Is this as good as it gets? And if they will simply look across the way at the church, and the church is saying, well, we found another way. Mm-hmm. If you would like an alternative... Uh, come and check us out, and you can see our vision, our values. You can see what's important to us because we our our vision is to give people great worth and value, that you have purpose, you have meaning. Your life came from, from God, and it's going somewhere. It's going to spend eternity with God. There is forgiveness. Uh, you can live with peace and joy. Uh, we're just offering an alternative. We don't put a gun to anybody's head yeah. and say you've got to choose our way. We're simply saying, would you please consider an alternative? And that is what the message of the church is to the culture. It's simply saying, uh, what do you have to lose? What do you have to lose?
0: Yeah.
1: Look at look at our way, and then
0: you make up your mind, and we'll love you either way. I, I think that the that the secular humanistic uh, worldview. It will. It will say we will think of a way for for humanity to coexist with each other. Uh, you, you've talked about this before in terms of, of uniformity versus unity. That that this is a very important aspect of what the church is. Um, the church. Yeah, I think the church has in the past. Uh, we, in our worst <laughs> of results, because we're sinners, sure. we have seen that. Okay, now we have to force people into uniformity. That was never God's intention. And I and I think about how, really, as as you describe things, as as I think about God's idea of the church, the church really is meant to be the, the what the best of humanity ought to be, ought to be, and it can happen. It can happen. It, it's hard. Uh, but that's why he gave us the Holy Spirit. So can you talk a little bit more about that uniformity, unity aspect?
1: Yeah, and, and listen, I, I, I know all about it because I grew up in a church that <laughs> that really leaned toward and pushed uniformity. You know, everybody has to look alike, act alike, believe alike, smell alike. Uh-huh. And that's where our cohesiveness comes from is by being uniform. And that's not the biblical message. Uh, The church in its purest form is really about unity, not uniformity. Here's the illustration I like to use, Sean. Uniformity is like a melting pot. What's a melting pot? You take a pot, you put different things in, but they get blended together to a point where they are all just one sameness. Uh And it's not that pretty. The church is never intended to be a melting pot. I like to think of the church as a salad bowl. <laughs> now, think of, a, think of a big bowl of salad. What makes a salad enjoyable? What, eating a bowl full of lettuce? Does that excite you, Sean, if I give you a big bowl of lettuce, say, hey, here's your salad? No. I'm not a rabbit. What <laughs> gives salad its, 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 its appeal? Yeah. What make, why do people enjoy salad? Well, it's when you put in tomatoes, and maybe carrots, and maybe some cheese, and yeah. whatever your favorite, cucumbers, onions. and onion anything, yeah. and then you put a nice salad dressing on top, mm. and what makes a salad good is every bite, it's salad, but every bite is a little bit different, yeah. and that's the church, we're not a melting pot, every person in our church is different. And what we ask them to do is come and bring bring your individuality, yeah. uh, bring your special gifts, your contribution. We're all different, and and God celebrates diversity and He celebrates differences. He never says everybody be alike. How boring would that be? Yeah. yeah. And so it's that that wonderful salad bowl unity that, that makes the church. What it is and you think about it, you look at the secular culture today. What is really being pushed in our culture today? Uniformity. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, you gotta, you gotta believe like us, or we'll burn your building down. <laughs> you, know, you gotta, you gotta be like us, or we're gonna tear down your statue, and yeah. and we're gonna boycott your. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? Uh-huh. That the secular humanist way is. Uniformity. Everybody's got to agree with me, or they get punished. Mm. You know, we can't have any variety. No, nobody thinking in diverse thought. And that's sad that we can't have diversity and genuine conversation uh, on an intellectual level, rather than hating one another simply because we disagree on things.
0: It's ironic, really, that uh, that. That some people that, that are saying that we've, we're gonna we're gonna have diversity and we're gonna force you into it. I mean, what does that mean? Um, actually, you, while you were talking about that salad bowl, I I, I couldn't help but think of if you've been to um, Olive Garden. Oh yeah. yeah, they've been talking about years for years, and Roz will bring in an Olive yeah, Garden. It ain't gonna yeah. happen, people. <laughs> yeah. But I love it when when the guy comes out and he said he, he mixes that whole thing, and it's exactly that. There's tomatoes and onions and. And uh, and then just to top it off, he he takes some. He says, "Would you like some cheese?
1: Yeah. Fresh
0: grated Parmesan, Parmesan cheese." Parmesan cheese. Oh, I love that. And then they bring oh, they bring in those rolls or rolls breadsticks. Yeah, cool. Love that. But I find it interesting though that he doesn't just throw it out on the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to push the analogy yeah. a little bit more, yeah. it's a huge bowl. There is a constraint to it all to make sure that it is blended well, and and I think that that's where. We can't make up our own rules mm-hmm. about what unity is. Yeah. Uh, that belongs to the person that made up the idea of the salad. Yeah. And that, of course, is God.
1: Yeah, God's church is the salad bowl. And uh-huh. God designs the bowl. We're the individual elements in the bowl. But to push your analogy a step further, since we're pushing <laughs> analogies, how excited would you be? If the guy at Olive Garden came and had all the ingredients and put a big blender right in the middle of the table oh. and said, what would you like in your salad? And we said, well, we want tomatoes and lettuce and maybe some carrots and da-da. And he put it in a blender and he hit the button and it blended it all up. And he served your salad in a in a glass. gross, And put a straw in it. You excited? You excited? <laughs> gross. So there we see the two extremes. But on the one hand, can you imagine a salad being served without a bowl? There's gotta be a bowl to yeah. hold it together. Yeah. But you you don't want it so together that it that it comes out of a blender. Yeah. And that's, that's right. the uniqueness of the church. We are we have unity, but we don't have uniformity. We're we we're together but we're it's not sameness. Yeah. There's distinctiveness. Yeah.
0: And God teaches us, doesn't yeah. he? Through through that that through that bowl he teaches us how to become better better people absolutely um, and how to
1: complement one another See, if I'm a tomato I'm complimenting you if you are a cucumber yeah nobody wants to just eat a cucumber <laughs> but we our flavors complement one another if we can ever get to the point where we truly appreciate the uniqueness of every member in the body of Christ bringing all their different gifts and skills and talents and and personalities yeah Uh, that's what makes the church
0: the church now i'm going to jump ahead Uh, i think that that it's it's a beautiful thing really and um uh when i think about the miracle that that god does within the church he takes so many different types of people i mean i know i know i mean i think i'm wonderful but i know (laughs) i know that my personality type it grades certain people uh, it just they they have to really be in the spirit in order to sit next to me for 15 minutes <laughs> and the, the same is true actually for, with other different types sure. I think it's a beautiful thing that God does that he doesn't he asks us to love him by loving my brother my sister uh, and and not not forcing them to change not forcing them to be to jump in the blender mm-hmm. but I think it's a beautiful thing that God does. Yeah, yeah. How,
1: that's how we grow and develop as human beings. How how am I? See, everybody agrees that patience is a beautiful virtue, right? Yeah. How am I going to grow in, in in patience? How am I going to grow in that in that beautiful quality of patience? I've got to be around people that aggravate me. Yeah. That annoy me. Yeah. That's the, oh, If I'm around people like me who agree with me all the time and say yes, sir, then. I'm never going to grow in patience, so God will put us with opposing areas like that and that's what's going to teach us to grow so if you want to grow in love you hang around some unlovely people unlovable right. people and that's how you grow patience uh, that's how you're going to grow in patience so yeah. that's that's the other part of the church is sometimes people kind of get down on the church because it's actually filled with imperfect flawed people. <laughs> and and yet ironically it's those flawed people that are going to help this flawed person actually grow and develop
0: as a human being amen yeah I, i i'm going to jump ahead a little bit i i love that rick warren quote quote where he says real community happens when people know it is safe enough to share their doubts and fears without being judged and that that's that's the church um, that's what we have here. I love it whenever you tell people uh, when they come to Class 101 Discovering Membership um, that we we need to be, and this is using the correct term, we need to be, learn to be tolerant of each other, of, of that loving expression of patience.
1: Absolutely. And, and you know, the, uh, the Sean, you shared with me another quote from Rick Warren. Uh-huh. Which, uh, and it's about membership in the family of God. Would you share that? Absolutely. Share that with our group. I just... I love the way Rick Warren... I think this is out of What on Earth Am I Here For? That's correct, yeah. Which is, uh, the original was The Purpose Driven Life. Uh that Mm -hmm. sold 40 million copies. Yeah. The the biggest selling nonfiction in the history of printing. Yeah. Uh, Read this quote. Great quote. Okay, so
0: this is what he said. He said, "...membership in the family of God is neither inconsequential nor something to be casually ignored. The church is God's agenda for the world." Jesus said, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. So the church is indestructible and it will exist for eternity. It will outlive this universe and so will your role in it. The person who says, I don't need the church is either arrogant or ignorant. The church is so significant that Jesus died on the cross for it. The phrase that grabs me, I don't need the church. Shall I grew
1: up in the 60s. And the Jesus movement, even when uh, thousands of young people were coming to Christ, I still remember the bumper sticker. I still remember seeing it, Jesus, yes, the church, no. Mm. Jesus, yes, the church, no. Yeah. And many of these young people had been turned off and hurt in dysfunctional churches, but they made the tragic mistake of throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah, The idea that yeah, I'm going to have a relationship with Jesus, but I don't need other Christians. I mean, think about it. That's like telling God, um, you know, I mean, God says, hey, the church is the bride of Christ. Yeah, That's like saying, hey, God, I love you, but your uh, your wife stinks. That <laughs> is one ugly wife. Oh. I mean, think about it. Uh, the the church is the, the family of God, the children of God. And it's like saying, man, God, I love you. I just can't stand your kids. Mm-hmm. That's what we're saying when we say, I don't need the church. And Jesus is saying, wait a minute, you don't need the church. And I died for the church. Mm. I gave my life for the church. The church is going to live on for all of eternity. Um, No, people who say, I don't need the church. Rick Warren is right on. They're either arrogant or ignorant. And very often it's, it's just a matter of ignorance. They don't know what they're really saying.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that phrase as well. And, and I think I think it, it just doesn't make sense to me uh, why a person would say, um, why, why they would take these excuses and they'd say, well, the church has caused me a lot of pain. The church has caused a lot of pain in the world. Uh, and what you just said there exactly is, is so true. It's uh, the, the, When we think about Jesus dying for the church and yet we're willing to say, well, I don't care about that. I we all know, we,
1: shall we take things for granted until we lose them? Mm. This pandemic... The one comment that I've heard repeatedly over and over and over again as we have begun to open up our church is people coming saying, I, I can't believe how much I took for granted Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, when I all of a sudden that was taken away from me that I could not get together with fellow Christians for worship and prayer and singing and encouragement that that they just have said i I can't believe how much i missed it but i'm so eager to get back now and many people have said i hope i learned my lesson that i will never take my church family for granted again sure we're flawed because we're human beings but i still guarantee you what the church offers is so much better than what the world offers i'll put it up against what the culture offers any day
0: of the week. Amen to that. Amen to that. Rick, you, the last thing that you said in your message was you gave a great challenge. At least I, I felt that. I felt as a church member at Grace that you gave a, a challenge in regard to uh, the church as, as taking our role as God's uh, mouthpiece in a way that we are declaring people. Um, how do I become... To be honest with you, Rick, sometimes I become a little either disheartened. I just don't take this... As, a, uh, as seriously perhaps mm-hmm. or I don't see my role or my place uh, in, the, in the body of Christ as, as, as well as I should how can I become more enthusiastic about becoming that declaring people Yeah,
1: yeah I, I think it starts really uh, Sean with realizing the urgency that life is short not only our life but the lives of other people and what we're talking about uh, is, uh, is life and death life and death for all of eternity so see the urgency I have found that a personal prayer brings an, that urgency yeah. uh, to the surface when I don't pray I kind of fall into the trap of saying well life is just life and then I get up and go to work and go home and eat and go to bed and, and watch a little TV in between and I forget what life is really all about that life um, has a beginning life has an end there's an urgency yeah um, I, I, to me, that helps a great deal of just remembering uh, who we are. And what I tried to communicate Sunday was that sometimes we forget our identity uh-huh. as the church and that we have a mission, that we are God's mouthpiece. If, if we don't share the good news of Jesus Christ with the lost world, uh, the evening news isn't going to do it. That's right. Uh, Hollywood's not going to do it. So if we don't do it, who will? The yeah. answer
0: is no one. So yeah. to me, that gives me the urgency. I think another thing that, that it's important for us to have a biblical worldview of the church um, is that, that we will forget that. I mean, I'm more energized when I listen to you. I'm more energized when I'm with other people. and we And they remind me that, like, just simply telling your story of this is what my life was like before I met Christ. It just... It it snaps back into my mind. Ah, that's what we're supposed to do as a church. We're supposed to tell people um, that very scripture that you spoke of Sunday, that that we've been called out of darkness into light. I can finally see. Um, Any other way that you can think of that we could uh, uh, have a better idea? When when I think of those phrases
1: that Peter uses in in chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, that speaking to the church, you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you can declare the praises of God. When, when you go back to the Old Testament and you, you look at those those passages where those same phrases were first given, not to the church, but to Israel, mm-hmm. and you study the Old Testament, and you realize here here Israel, God's chosen people, they, Sean, there's no other way to say it, they failed. Yeah. They failed miserably. They forgot their identity and when they forgot who they were, then they forgot what they were to do. Yeah. And Peter comes along and says, okay, church, Israel, they dropped the baton. Church, you've got to pick it up. You have to be the chosen people, royal priesthood, holy nation, people belonging to God. And what? What is he's saying, church, whatever you do, do not ever forget your
0: identity. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, Rick, thank you for reminding us of our identity and uh if you haven't listened to the the message yet you need to to stop what you're doing now and listen to the message okay real quick rick what are some other things that are going on here at grace next sunday we continue rock solid we gonna look at scripture
1: what it, what does it mean to have a rock solid scripture mm. as one of the foundation stones upon which to build your life i'm uh, very excited about that also uh, this coming Sunday, which is the 28th of June. Mm-hmm. Finally, we get our discovery classes going. Woohoo! And class 101 discovery membership. If people want to know more about grace, our vision, our values, uh, that's your next stop. Yes. And, uh, just I'll make sure to put those links in there. Absolutely. They can pre register and come. It's a great evening together. The other thing is on July 3rd, we have a special event coming. The Laughlins are coming in. Great Christian illusionist. And it's illusion with a powerful message, Yeah. and uh, people are going to love it. And they can go to our webpage, roswellgrace.com, and learn how to get tickets and and the times and uh, and the
0: details. All right. They look like a fun couple. Um, I can't wait for them to be here. Rick, thanks so much for spending time with us. Thanks again for being with us today. We hope that you have been encouraged and better informed. We love to get feedback, so send us an email with your comments at info at And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss an episode. And do us a favor by sharing this podcast on your favorite social media platform. For more information about Grace Community Church, visit us online at rosselgrace.com. Until next time, may the grace and peace of the Lord Jesus be with you.